Welcome to Season 2 of The Black Box from Spotlight Studio. Spotlight is an all-ages drama education and outreach program in St. Clair County, created by SEPA Management. Spotlight Studio is the digital content production arm of the program. It is supported by Trussell Funderburg, Ray Bell, and Ferguson, Good Game Company, and the Alabama State Council on the Arts. This episode comes with a content warning for anxiety, depression, and suicide. The Pell City High School students who wrote and acted in it want to present you with an unflinching look into what their generation thinks and feels so that you can better understand them. They want you to talk about teen mental health openly. They want you to know how bad it can be so that you can be of help to them. Because many of them are desperately in need of someone, anyone, to pull them out of the darkness. This is an entirely fictional account, but it comes from real experiences. This is Semicolon. As a child, you have nothing to worry about. You're carefree and happy all the time. Then you start to grow from age three to four, then five to six, and so on until you hit 12-ish. You're still just as carefree, but with a bit more responsibility. Cleaning the dishes, taking out the trash, walking the dog, and all your other chores along with school. Then, yet again, you grow into your teen years, like me. Your body starts changing along with your interests, desires, and goals. And in these years, your carefree attitude drifts away, and you start to notice things like sickness, divides in your family and friend groups, death, stress, and anxiety. And these things take a toll on you. But as life goes on, you learn how to handle each trial, conquer them, even. But there is a downfall. Everyone has a downfall. Mine is jealousy. It put me here, laying in a black room of emptiness and divulging the evil I have become to show the monster inside of me that I couldn't overcome. Well, in summary, to offer an apology to those I scared. But before you make assumptions about what happened to me, you need to hear my story. Good morning. This is where my story will begin. My bedroom at 5.30 a.m. on a Tuesday. Not ideal, I know, but it's how you know why I did what I did. Evelyn, come on, sleepyhead, it's time to get ready. I opened my eyes angrily and turned towards the other side of my bed, not facing my mom. Honey, you need to go to school today. You can't skip any more days. I'll make breakfast, be downstairs soon. Can you at least close the door? She didn't hear me. Of course, she never listens to you anyway. Your mom gets in her own world sometimes. She's pushy, but deal with it, weakling. She's your mom anyway. Shower first, I guess. This eyeliner is not working with me. Clothes. Got a dress to impress. I walked downstairs to the kitchen. I sat at the table and my mom began to speak to me, but my negativity overpowered her voice. Tell her to shut up. She's so annoying. So what are your plans today? Why do you care? Because I'm your mother. I care about you. Also, Clara needs a ride home from school today. Seriously? Clara is so annoying. Why can't you do it? Your father and I have to work late if we want to be off for your sister's birthday. And I'm your mother. 
I shouldn't have to have a reason for you to do what I ask. Claire is my sister. I love her, and sometimes she's the only person that gets me. But still, she can be too much to handle at times, and I really didn't need her pushing me any closer to my edge, if that's what we're going to call it. Don't be a sissy. She wants to drive you insane. What kind of mother is she? You can make your own decisions. Are you okay, honey? You've been worrying me lately. You know I'm here. If I ever need to talk. I know. Gosh, Mom, you sound like a therapist. I leave with my bag around my shoulder and toast in my hand. Hurry up, Clara. I'm coming, I'm coming. What's gotten you in a mood? Why do you gotta know? Besides, you're too young to understand. Just because I'm younger than you doesn't mean I don't understand what you're going through. Besides, I'm almost a teenager. I'm gonna be moodier than you. Let's hope not, Noodle. We walked to the car and climbed in, throwing our stuff to the back seat. I cranked the car and pressed play on my phone to start my music before pulling out of the driveway. Ev, not this song. You listen to it so much. It makes me want to smash your phone. When you start driving, you can control the playlist, Noodle. Clara reached down and sneakily changed the song to a more upbeat tune. I groaned and continued to drive. Change it back now, Clara. Why? You used to love this song, Ev. Yeah, well, life changes and people change. So turn it back or you can walk three miles to school. I'll happily pull over. You wouldn't dare. Want to try me? You're no fun anymore, Evelyn. I miss the old you. Clara quickly got out of the car once we arrived at school. I sighed and turned off my car. Little did I know how much worse my week could get. Wednesday, I failed to test, lost my place in our school musical, and dropped my art project. It broke. Thursday, some kid hit my car while I was parked. My personal bullies took my English paper and... My dog died. That night, I sat on my roof thinking. Then the voices returned. But this time, they were clearer. Jump. It will get rid of the pain. It's the easiest way to forget. End it. This was the first time they pushed me to think about taking my own life. And for some bizarre reason, I considered it. I sat there for hours playing out what it would be like if I did jump. Would it hurt? Would it actually kill me? What would Ashton think? Clara? I climbed back into my window and decided to get some rest. I could hardly sleep, though. I prayed that my day tomorrow would be better, but if you expect disappointment, you'll never be disappointed. Ah yes, terrible Friday, the day everything spiraled out of control. The day I fell into a pit of misery because of one small sentence. The day started with best friend Ashton, running back on the football team. Good enough, I guess. I don't really know football, but he's one of the only people who tolerated me. You know he hates you. He's going to leave you. You aren't enough. Hey, Evelyn. I have something really important I want to tell you real quick. Oh, hey Ash. What's up? Football got you stressed? So, I need your opinion on something. (laughs) My honest opinion or what I should say? This isn't a joke. This is serious, Evie. I flinched as my smile fell. I've never seen Ash so stressed in our years of friendship.
Don't screw this up like you do everything else. See? No one likes you. Get out of my head, you're hurting me. Ash, why are you looking at me like that? Everything felt slow motion. What I thought was a whisper was a yell to everyone else. As heads turned to me, I froze in place as the center of everyone's attention. I looked at Ashton with an apologetic and pleading look. Ash ushers me into a hallway corner away from everyone else. Evie, are you okay? I'm okay, I promise. I just need some fresh air. Could we talk later? No, I need to tell you now. It's the only time I have to tell you. I'll come to the game tonight. Just tell me later. I walked towards the doors and sat on a hill overlooking the football stadium. With a sigh, I pulled my knees to my chest and sat there in silence. Yeah, right up. The wind lightly breezed by as I pulled out my phone to calm down. I silently looked through pictures trying to get the deadly thoughts out of my head. But every time I got close to climbing out of the ditch I was in, the voices would start again. It was the worst feeling. Feeling useless and unloved when you know you shouldn't feel that way. This just caused more despair for me. I continued to beat myself up over little mistakes, like when I cried. I sat on the hill the rest of the day and cried. The voices got louder and clearer the longer I sat there and cried to myself. Soon they became my voice. You're a mistake, Evelyn. A mess up. Ruining everyone's lives. They would be better off without you. They still haunt me. I needed help. I didn't know who to go to, so I went to our school counselor. Isn't it funny how sometimes we confide into complete strangers and just share our problems? I knocked on their door, terrified. Come in. Hey. Good morning. I'm Mr. Jackson, but you can call me Ethan. I'm Ev. What can I do for you, Ev? Just want to talk. <laughs> That's all? Yes. What's on your mind? I'm not sure how to explain it. Don't sweat it. Just talk when you think you're ready. Do you want a soda or a water? No, thanks. How about you tell me a little about yourself? What's your favorite thing to do? Well, I love anything artsy. Acting, singing, painting, you name it. I love that. I tried out for a musical one time. They basically shoved me out the door after hearing me sing. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it was rough. I bet. It was so strange. I felt like I could tell him anything. I began to open up about my feelings, everything negative I've ever thought of myself. It felt like we talked for hours, and all the focus was just on me. I didn't know how to feel about it. You're a strong girl, Evelyn. Thank you for sharing that with me. Thank you for listening to me vent about my problems. <laughs> well, it is kind of my job. Feel free to come visit whenever you feel like, Evelyn. I enjoyed our visit. I'll try. When I left, for some reason I didn't feel much different. I thought I would be rejuvenated, a new person, but I don't feel a thing. I like Ethan a lot and he's a good listener. At least I made a new friend in a way. The final bell rang, snapping me out of my thoughts. I quickly stood up and bolted towards my car to keep anyone from seeing the tears on my face. But the one person who could read me like a book, Ashton, quickly found me in my car. Evelyn. Ashton's smile faded as he saw my tear-stained face. He quickly climbed into my car and hugged me. We both sat there in each other's embrace for a few seconds.
Ev, talk to me. I want to help you with what you're going through. Ash, you can't help me with this. No one can. Just forget you saw me like this. Ashton just looked at me for a second. He was looking for even the slightest indication that I wasn't okay. After a second, he decided not to push me further. So, I taught my fish how to walk this morning. He's actually a fast learner. I'm so proud of him. <laughs> oh, what did you have to tell me earlier? It's not important right now. How about you go home and get some rest? Are you still coming to my game? Of course I am. Afterwards, do you want to go to Waffle House, like always? Duh. I gotta go back to practice. See you later, loser. Ashton starts walking back to the practice field. Bon voyage, cheese ball. What does that even mean? I have no clue. Say hello to Clara for me. Ah, football. The game where sweaty boys chase after a ball. Like a dog. Our team really isn't that good either. We've never made it to state, let alone even been close to qualifying. But for some reason, people still come. I guess there's something about the ambiance. The scoreboard is currently home, zero. Guest, 17. Quarter, three. Hey, Ethan, mind if I sit here? <laughs> Go ahead. Well, looks like we're going to lose again. Haha. <laughs> yep, I'm not surprised. The losers like you. Stop being an idiot and say something. Did I do something? Of course not. Well, why are you here? You don't seem like the football type. Well, my friend Ashton is the running back, so I'm here for him. Trust me, I wouldn't come here by choice. Well, why are you here? You don't seem like a football guy either. I'm just here. Yeah, and that makes total sense. <laughs> don't question it. The other team makes another touchdown. Woohoo! Touchdown! That was the other team, you idiot. Seriously? Come on! Hey! You got popcorn on me. I'm trying to watch the game here. <laughs> what just happened over there? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? The scoreboard changes to the fourth quarter. Another disappointing game. Yep. Oh, look. They put Ashton in. Ashton catches the ball and runs to the end zone. Touchdown! The scoreboard changes. I'm on my feet cheering with the rest of the crowd. Yeah! Go Ashton! That's my bestie! Okay, now you're acting like a football fan. What? Uh, no way. I'm just excited for Ash. Hmm. I walk in Waffle House and get the booth in the back like we do every Friday after a game. I'm so hungry. I could eat five burgers. Well, that's pretty close to what you normally get. Why do you have a menu? We come here all the time. The waiters literally have our orders memorized. Well, what if I want to spice it up? You never spice things up. He's right. You're dull and you're boring. Grow up. Hello, youngins. What do y'all want to drink? Can I interest y'all in a mellow yellow? Just water, please. Same for her. What? Are you broke or something? <laughs> no, we just want water. Well, that's boring. She's new. 
Must be. Well, it's Waffle House after all. You did good today, or at least from my football knowledge. Thanks, Ev. Here's your poor people's drinks. Now, what do y'all want to eat? There's some peanuts on the floor over there if you can't afford anything. We'll actually be ordering. I'll have... Um, actually, I'll have the patty melt. I guess I'll have a cheeseburger, please. Fine. You don't even like patty melts. It's always good to be spontaneous every now and then. Ashton seemed nervous, but I didn't question it. So, uh, you know that thing I need to tell you? What is it now? Does your fish know how to go grocery shopping? (laughs) (laughs) Not quite. Then what is it? You know you can tell me anything, Ash. No secrets, remember? I have a girlfriend now. Oh. Since when? We met a month ago, and we just had finally decided that we should date. Her name is Marley J. You are dating MJ? Seriously? How could you do that to me? Do what exactly? I really like her. I thought you would support this. She's crazy. She doesn't know you like I do. She only thinks about herself, and you've only known her for a month. Well, right now, I think you're the one thinking about yourself. This is good for me. How, Ash? How is this good? You're going to leave me. I stood up with a huff and quickly ran out of the restaurant. Ev, wait! Ash ran outside to try and keep up with me, but I was already driving off at that point. Hey, sweetie, how was the game? I joined Clara at the counter in the kitchen. My mom is starting dinner. Fine. Just fine. Mm-hmm. I got a 94 on my test today. That's awesome, Noodle. I know. It was the highest score in class. Why can't you be success like your sister? You're a joke. That's great. I'm so proud of you, Clara. She's not proud of you, Evelyn. And you know it. My dad entered through the front door on a important phone call. Hi, honey. Dinner's almost ready. Hey, hold on a second, Michael. Can't you see I'm busy? Also, while I'm at it, why isn't dinner ready? I'm supposed to come home to a wife that prepares good food, not a slob. Yeah, Mike, you still there? About that golf trip. Mom, don't stress yourself out. I bet he's just had a bad day at work. He's right, though. I should do better. It's okay, Mom. My mom gives Clara and I a look of reassurance. My dad ends his call, so sweet Clara tries to lighten the mood with telling dad about her grades. Dad, I got a 94 on my English test today. My dad sat there, on his phone, while my sister was trying to talk about something important to her. He was being selfish and rude. Yeah, that's that's great, hon. Do you even know what she said? Yep, yeah. What was it? Exactly. You will not talk to me that way. You're so ridiculous and disrespectful, and I shouldn't even have to mention a disappointment to this family. And Kevin! don't interrupt me. She doesn't do anything. She, she just goes, goes to school, school which she fails at. I mean, look, look at her grades. And, and she's, she's always with, with that Ashton boy. You think her hanging out with a guy that's going to have a future would maybe make her think about hers? Shut up! Young lady, I'm not through speaking to you. Just leave her be, Kevin. 
This wasn't the first time this had happened, but it was definitely the last I was going to put up with it. How could anyone love such a monster? I angrily stormed upstairs to my bedroom and locked the door behind me. I wiped the angry tears that flowed down my cheeks and allowed the numbness in my stomach to take over. You're worthless. The only emotions I was able to experience were sadness and anger. I destroyed everything inside trying to rid myself of these feelings. I quickly turned on the faucet and splashed cold water on my face before sitting on the toilet to sob. Look in the mirror, that ugly face. See why everyone hates you? I stared into the mirror. Why were the voices getting stronger? They were clearer than ever, haunting me like a bad dream I couldn't shake, no matter how hard I tried. There's something in the cabinet that might be of interest to you. My mind ran rampant, wondering what the voices knew that I didn't. I opened the cabinet and found a bottle of pills. Just think, those pills could end your misery. What? No, I, I, I can't. Your little miserable self has been in pain all of these years. Your dad wouldn't abuse you anymore. Everyone wouldn't be giving you those glares in the hallway. Remember sixth grade? Your best friend betrayed you and told everyone about your secret. And now everyone has that in their head when they see you. You wouldn't have to live without your grandmother anymore. She was the only person that for some reason cared about you. You could be with her. You wouldn't have to be a disappointment anymore. You'd be free. I thought of all those times I did something wrong. I thought of the times people wronged me. I thought of all the negativity I've been around all my life. Are my friends really my friends? They just pity me. My family doesn't care about me. They think I'm a failure. Why do I even try anymore? I'm a nobody. No one's going to remember me when I'm gone in ten years. Heck, even five minutes. So? Um, as I picked up the pills, I hesitated for a second. I don't know why. I just had second thoughts. I knew you wouldn't do it. You're a wuss. I'm no wuss. I may be a nobody, but a wuss is something I'm not. Prove it. I looked at the pills again. They look so tempting. I have to prove to myself that I'm not a coward. This time, I did it. Just you wait, kid. Oh, and I did. I waited. How long did I? How long has it been? 10, 30 minutes at the least. While I did, I thought of how much happier I'll be. I had thoughts of the beauty of places beyond this world. It made me happy that I was going. That I'll be leaving this sad, sad world. Maybe I won't be a nobody anymore. The thoughts of it left me content, but also sad. I'm leaving Ash. He does deserve it. He's leaving me. I don't need to be thinking of that anymore. I should write my goodbyes. They don't deserve it. You're right. Of course I am. I began to feel sick. I was throwing up, getting dizzy. It's harder to breathe. I saw my grandmother. She's holding her hand out to me. I grasp her hand. I feel cold. Give in. I did. I'm gonna go check on Ev. Maybe she's better now. Go ahead, sweetie. Clara slowly walks up the stairs calling for me. I can't see, feel, or anything at this point. Am I gone? Evelyn! Clara started to worry. 
She tried to reassure herself that I was just taking a nap or something. She had no clue my nap would last a lifetime. Evelyn, can I come in? Fine, be that way, but I'm coming in anyway. Ev? She looked around the room, finding no sign of me, so she decides to check another part of my room. Maybe she's in the bathroom. Evelyn, are you in here? She knocked multiple times before wiggling the doorknob. It was locked. Clara really started to panic now. Her heart rate quickly sped up as she knocked one last time. Please don't ignore me. I just want to make sure you're okay. I'll pick the lock then. I'm coming in. Clara, my little sister. She walked in and noticed me on the ground and the empty pill bottle laying on its side. She ran over to me and started to violently shake me. Ev, wake up! Come on, this isn't funny! I didn't wake up. Ev, wake up! What's wrong, sweetie? They saw Clara in tears with my lifeless self in her hands and the pill bottle on the counter. They knew they had lost me. And my mom joined Clara on the floor with tears in their eyes. My dad just stood in the doorway with an odd look on his face. Thank you all for coming to Evelyn's Charity Memorial. We organized this to help with Evelyn's hospital funds. I didn't realize how many people she made an impact on. Myself and my family truly appreciate your love and generosity. We are lucky that she is still here with us. Even though she's in a coma, there's still hope that she'll wake up. I pray to God every day that she will. I always ask myself, is today the day? Now, if anyone wants to, you can come and share your favorite memory of Evelyn. Clara was the first to stand. Hi, I'm Clara, and Evelyn is my sister. I love when Evelyn and I would stay up all night and just talk about random things. We'd talk about anything, like ice cream or our most embarrassing moments in life. It's one of the rare times that we would bond. She's the best sister I could ask for. Sure, we have our disagreements, but I wouldn't change any of the time spent with her for the world. I love you, Evelyn. I miss you. Ashton came? After everything I put him through? Evelyn was my best friend. We shared everything that two best friends can share. For her, I was the person she turned to when things got rough. I knew her secrets, wants, fears, and problems. 
She was the same for me. She let me into her inner world, into her mind, in the deepest corners of her soul. So did I. But she began to drift away from me. Don't worry about me, she would always say that. This always struck me by surprise because I thought we were transparent with each other. I guess I was wrong. I love Evelyn with every fiber of my being. We've known each other forever. I feel like I was the one to put her over the edge. I, I feel like I'm the reason she's gone. Ashton hides his face in his hands trying to be strong. Clara quickly ran up to him and guided him back to his seat and hugged him. It's not your fault, Ash. I wish I could tell you. Don't blame yourself. Ethan was up next. I had only known him for a few short days, and he was an amazing person. I think he just tried to help me too late in the game. A lot of you don't know me, but I only had one real conversation with Evelyn. I could tell she was struggling. I should know. I'm a survivor of this terrible, terrible state of mind. If you really think about it, you have every right to be happy. Everything not making you happy is nothing but deceit. Your mind can be a liar. It can make you do or think things about yourself that just aren't true. Your mind can be like a useless bully that tries to pull you to the ground. But you are not your mind. So why have doubts? Live your best life. God only gives you one life. So why not make it truly great? And that's really all I have to say. And Evelyn was a great person. And I feel your suffering. One by one, more and more people came and told their story. I was moved. I didn't know what to do. I think you, everyone, I'm speechless that Evelyn brought this much joy and this much love into people's lives. Thank you, everyone, for honoring my baby. I, I stood there. I, uh, I waited for the longest time, hoping someone would notice me, and that's when I noticed them. Clara, Ash, Ethan, Mom, and even my dad. They were crying. That was the first moment I knew I had desperately made a mistake. They did love me. They wanted me. I was enough for them. I was enough. I was their Evelyn, their one and only Ev. This is where my dark void of emptiness fits into the story. I didn't know how to comprehend it. I... I was speechless. Who knew that's how my family felt about me? I have to go back. I need to tell them I love them. I'm sorry, but there's nothing else we can do for her. Who is that? I can't see anything. Help! Please! Are you sure, doctor? Have you tried everything? We have. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Mom, please help. What are you talking about?
talking about? Where am I? Since we can't do anything else, the only other option is to disconnect her life support. It's your choice, of course. <sighs> life support? Am I going to die? Mom, please! I need you! I miss you! Why can't you hear me? Mom, don't do it! Please! Noodle, I love you so much, Clara. Please, I need you. Clara, we can't afford any other option. Mom, please, no. I don't want to die. I can't. I need to tell you it was a mistake. Please. Please. Will she hurt? Mom, don't do it if she'll be in pain. She won't. Her heart rate and breath will slow down, and that's all. It will be very peaceful. It's still death. I can't die. Don't do it. Mom, please. I still have so much life left. Just please get it over with. And don't hurt my baby. I'll let you have a minute. Mom, why? She can still wake up. Oh, honey. I wish. I love her so much. I love you too. Ev, please wake up. I need you. Please. Don't leave me. I love you, Evelyn. I know you'll be singing with the angels choir with that beautiful voice of yours. I'm so sorry. There's nothing else that we can offer. Would you like to stay? I know this is painful. I can't stay. I won't be able to bear it. Clara, let's wait outside with Daddy, okay? No! I'm not giving up! I need her. I need my sister. Let's go. Nurse. Go ahead. No! You can't just end my life just like that! How could you? Isn't that what you did? No, that's different. Is it though? No, but I regret it. I was being selfish. I need my family. I need Ash. Yeah, just like they needed you. And look what you did. Look, I'm sorry, but I don't want to leave them behind anymore. I was just thinking of my problems, my needs, my stupid opinion. Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> they did it already. No, please! Please. Evelyn, get up. You're going to be late for school. Hello, I am Anna Claire Hathorne, and I am the director and writer of Semicolon. Hi, I'm Caden Smith, and I'm the narrator. Hi, my name is Morgan Russell, and I am Mariah the mom. Hi, I'm Carter Bibb, and I played the voice. Hi, my name is Michael Lee, and I play Clara. My name is Maggie, and I voice Evelyn. Why did you write this? When we originally did it as a short film for a film club, I just kind of had this gut feeling that I wanted to do something about a strong topic that affected 
the real world. I didn't want to do something that was really fantasy. And so I was like, well, something that affects my age is depression and suicide. So I proposed it to Morgan and she was like, oh my gosh, yes, I want to do it. So whenever we filmed it and presented it to film club, y'all really liked it. And so we wrote the script and the script was completely different from the short film. It was actually, I love the script so much more than the short film because like it gives you more of a personal connection than just watching someone go through it. And I loved how it turned out because all of y'all are awesome actors and I thank you so much because it was amazing. You you had to dive pretty deep into some very serious subject matter here while you're writing this and putting it together. How was that process for you? Like whenever I started, I didn't realize how deep of a subject it was. But as I got farther in and more into the script, I realized how deep and how emotional it can be for someone to go into such a deep spiral. And whenever I was writing the ending, I was literally sobbing. And then I realized that this is going to be something that a lot of people can relate to on a personal level. So for the rest of you, what are some of your takeaways from this? I realized that as I also struggle with mental health issues and stuff, I realized that I am stronger than I believe myself to be. This is a hard topic to talk about, sorry. Um, There have been a lot of times where I've been really deep in the hole. And it's my friends, like you guys, that keep me here, that keep me present, that keep me smiling and happy. And I'm so grateful that I'm one of the people who are allowed to have that. Because there are so many people who struggle with this that don't have as many great things in their life that they they can hold on to. (laughs) So this is just really special to me, and it means a lot. (laughs) I have also struggled struggled with um, mental health in the past, but I think the greatest thing I've taken away from this is just how amazing everybody involved in this project is like i've been sitting in this room recording for the past (laughs) hour and i and i usually don't tear up because of fiction but this has generally almost brought tears to my eyes like the delivery and everybody's tones and i am just so amazed that somebody that we could be doing this right now yes oh I have also had experience with a lot of mental health issues and suicidal thoughts. I still experience some to this day, and working on this project has kind of helped me realize how meaningful life is, because I didn't always used to think that until working on this project. And I was actively crying (laughs) during the recording of this. I dropped multiple tears on my microphone. (laughs) Um, And... Just working on this project from start to end, beginning with the silent film, has just been really powerful to be a part of. And I want to thank everybody for (laughs) creating it to make it something so much more powerful than a lot of people just think that it is. Because a lot of people think that it's just a very hard topic to talk about. And I'm just so proud that y'all have all come together to help out with this. It's real. Yes. Um, I have also struggled with my mental health and um 
I lost my father to suicide. So this project really, really, it really already means a lot to me. And I haven't even, we haven't even been working that long, really. And um, it really made me realize that I am not alone. I'm not alone at all, and neither is anybody else in this room or anybody else listening to this podcast. So I'm just really, I'm really, really, really grateful to have been chosen to be a part of this. I I love it so much. You guys are really brave for taking this on because mental health is an epidemic in your generation. It is something that is slowly deteriorating most of you. And it's something that we really want to help tackle and I applaud you for taking this on head on. How do you as a group hope this helps other people? I originally created this to help people realize they aren't alone, especially when we gave Ethan more character development and we thought it would be good to make him a school counselor to show that you can reach out to people and that you're not alone and you can talk about your emotions and you can get better and you're not the only person going through all of this. And so really, it's just to help people who maybe don't struggle with their mental illness understand that there are people out there that do, and it's such a terrible thing, but also make people that do struggle with mental illness and their mental, well, not mental illness, with their mental health, um, connect to it in a personal way and show that they aren't alone. I have always thought that one of the greatest crimes about mental health discussion is a very stigma around it of discussing it. And I think that doing this and putting this out here and us talking about this right now, about how a lot of us have struggled with our mental health before, has opened up a lot of gates for other people to discuss it with their friends. And I think that's amazing. Um, from personal experience, I know that when you're dealing with severe mental health issues, it feels like no one understands and no one knows what you're going through. (laughs) (laughs) And I just hope that this can help people understand that there are people out there who know what they're going through and that there are people who are going to be there to help them and support them through everything because <laughs> I know that's when I'm in my bad places that's all I want to hear is that someone cares about me and that someone's there for me no matter what how do you tell people my age and older about what you're going through how do you explain it to us so that we understand that's a hard one <laughs> <laughs> It's just, I personally haven't struggled with it too much, but when I did struggle with it, especially in sixth grade, and it was really hard to explain it to my parents, and when I did, they were really kind of loving towards it, and I'm so sad that some people don't have that, but they were. it showed me that they do really care for me, and no matter what, if I'm physically disabled, if I'm 
if I have a speech impediment, <laughs> anything, that they're going to love me for me and they're going to help me with anything I'm struggling with. To talk about the other side of that, I know mental health issues have been a problem forever, but it only recently started getting to where people started noticing them and talking about them and caring about them. So it's harder for the different generations to really understand what other people are going through because they've never had to really talk about it or deal with it before. And I know so many people, so many of my friends who have family members who pass off their mental health issues as just whatever. You know, they don't believe in that kind of stuff. They don't believe that you should have problems like that because there's just so much around it that doesn't that hasn't been talked about and that needs to be talked about more. The way I have always seen it when discussing it with other people is that mental health, and for mental health is the second word, it's, it's health. You wouldn't try to hide the fact that you have a broken ankle or the flu, so you shouldn't be treating another organ that way. So true. Mm -hmm. I know that talking to parents about mental health isn't definitely the easiest because you fear of judgment or that your parents won't support you. And I can take that from personal experience with my mom coming from a different generation than I did. She wanted to help me so much, but she just had no clue on how to. And I think it just made her feel helpless. And sometimes, even though we care about our family so much, we just need to care about ourselves because there was a lot of times where I learned a lot about my family's or my parents' mental health, and I realized that they ended up having to just hold it in all their life and that it wasn't usually as accepted as it is now, and I was just thankful to have those parents that were there to support me. I just want people to know that if your parents just think, oh, it's a hormone thing, or like it's just your teenager hormones kicking in, like it's just a phase, you'll be better, that there's always somebody that's going to be there for you, and you don't ever have to be alone. And I do want to say this one other thing. Just some factual stuff. One in 25 people experience suicidal thoughts, and that is a really low ratio compared to other things. Whenever I found that out, that really gave me more push to do this because I didn't, I didn't realize that there were more people around that did experience that, and that was just so eye-opening for me. The someone that really helped me like give a get a view of this is. My, the counselor at Williams Intermediate, Miss Cassie Watson, whenever, I went to her whenever I was struggling, especially whenever, in sixth grade, and she helped me so much. She was so open, like, came to me with open arms, and she just let me talk about my feelings and my problems, and she helped me out so much in a way that some people maybe don't have. So if you don't have someone that you can go to, try going to your school counselor because they can they understand it a lot because that's what they do it's their job and it's someone that it's something that they can help you with 
So it sounds to me like the advice you're giving is you may not understand, but the thing you can do is listen. Mm -hmm. And if you're that person who is there to listen, then you have a very important job to treat it with reverence, treat it as though it's important. Mm -hmm. If you are struggling with mental health, seek help immediately. Know that there are resources and people available to you. Semicolon was written by Anna Claire Hathorne and Emma Gibson and was directed by Anna Claire. It stars Cadence Smith, Carter Bibb, Maggie Huey, Emma Gibson, Nicholas Faison, Micah Lee, and Gabriel Moore. The podcast was edited by Jeff Thompson. All music is original and used with permission. A film version of the podcast has been recorded and will release in 2022. Subscribe to The Black Box anywhere you get your podcasts. More episodes from Season 2 will be released soon. For more, or to support Spotlight's nonprofit arts program, visit PellCitySEPA.com.